0: Welcome into the January 31st edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. An optional practice day for the Maple Leafs yesterday. One name stuck out to me that did attend the practice. We also had a Leafs trade target come off the board today as Bo Horvat was dealt to the New York Islanders. We'll detail and break down that trade for you guys and play a little co no-sign no as well. We'll get into some Leafs trade speculation. So all that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast.
1: Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Lease podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother, on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Lease is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. So be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. We're also up on YouTube. You can look at us up uh, through the video format. Search us up. We put out new content each and every day. Monday through Friday, all leaves all the time. And today's episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit fanduelcom on today to get started. And uh, the the trade wins have gotten started. Dave, we got a big trade in the NHL today. Bo Horvat dealt to the Vancouver Canucks. The captain of their squad dealt to the New York Islanders for Atu Ratu, Anthony Bavillier and a protected first round pick classic Lou Lamorello, Cause that, that team was not one that I had anticipated this trade happening with.
1: I was just, I first, I thought it was a fake tweet when I saw the, like when I saw that it was going down, I'm like, this is fake. Can't be happy.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? It was, it was sent out by the, Canucks PR team.
1: I look. We've seen people find ways to trick us with with making it look legit.
0: You thought it was a Mister Booth impersonation yes. job, did
1: you? I at first because I saw the tweet. But again, you got to look at the handle. You got to look at the everything. I didn't look at the handle first. And I was like, this can't be right. And I saw the Canuck, and then I saw CJ had also put it out, and somebody else had put it on. I'm like, okay, it's legit. And I'm just like. I'm just like, what, <laughs> like the Islanders,
0: it, just such a random, random team, random team. I mean, it was funny. I was chatting with my roommate. Literally, he had come back from running errands, went to the grocery store and the trade had went down and his dad, funny enough, is actually a, a Canucks fan also from BC. So, you know, he's familiar with the club. And and I said, oh, Bull I got traded. He's like, no way. I was like, you'll never guess where he went. I said, I'll give you five guesses, and I still don't think you will get the answer. Of course, he did not after five. So I said, the new, and he said, Jersey Devils? No. New York Rangers? No. (laughs) So even when he had the first three letters, the first word, he still couldn't guess it because the New York Islanders was that far off the beaten path for a team to acquire Unrest- pending unrestricted free agent Bo Horvat and giving up, um, you know, a pretty good prospect in Atu Ratu, a eh, middle six winger who <sighs> having a bit of a down season. What's that?
1: Hasn't lived up to his potential based on where he was drafted.
0: Yeah, but you know, still 25 years old, so he could still kind of get there as a 25 goal scorer, and that's what obviously Vancouver is hoping for. At least, at the very least, maybe they can build up his draft stock a little bit, and maybe flip that, um, and then they get a protected first round pick. But the protections on this pick are interesting. Um, smart for New York to protect it, obviously, yeah. considering what is happening this year with the Florida Panthers and how they might give up. Potentially the first overall pick to the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. I, I doubt that's going to happen. It's very unlikely, but it's possible. Um, it is an unprotected pick that's going to be in the draft lottery, likely. Um, but smart on them to protect it. However, it's only protected this season. So if they don't make the playoffs, which right now they're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. I think they're two points back, but they have a couple games extra played. So there are games in hand on the teams. Around them, I think based off points percentage, they're more like six points out of a playoff spot right now um, is what I saw that was being articulated by some of the math guys out there online. Um, So a team that's currently outside of a playoff spot, giving up a first round pick is just kind of an interesting situation to me. And again, it's protected this year, but if they don't make the playoffs and they elect to keep that pick because it turns out to be, let's say, the 12th or 13th pick in the draft, or it's top 12 protected. So if it's the 11th or 12th pick in the draft, they can protect it and say, no, we're going to keep it. And we're going to make a draft knowing that it's a top heavy um, first round of this NHL draft, but then their pick next year is unprotected. And if they don't re-sign Bo Horvat, that's an aging core. That really isn't a great hockey team. That would be an interesting scenario to watch for next season. Um, I'll give you my kind of, I, I think the, the Canucks got a. I uh, I think they got a B, I'll give him a B, a solid B on this deal. Because I, again, I think that Atu Ratu, I, I, I believe is a pretty good prospect. He's like a 20 year old centerman who was once considered a top five prospect in the world and then kind of fell off in his draft year, fell all the way into the second round and then, um, builds his draft stock back up last season. I think he was a point per game in. Uh, the finish, the Finnish League, which is a men's league, and then this year transitioned into the American League and played a, a dozen games in the NHL. Had a couple of goals for the Islanders. Not quite ready for the NHL yet, maybe, but he's got that NHL-ready body. They believe that he's somebody who could be a second-line center, potentially on this team long-term, and then they got that first-round pick, and then they're hoping that bavillier can maybe refine his game and be a 20-25 to 25 goal scorer for him on the wings or, again, flip him for more assets either at the deadline or this summer or even at next year's deadline because there's another year left on that contract. Um, but for a guy who clearly the, lead, the, the, the Canucks were not going to bring back in Bo Horvat, I think they actually got a decent deal, all things considered, and I give them a B.
1: Yeah, I think given the circumstance in that they did it early, so they didn't it's, it kind of just seemed like maybe a lot of the other teams are cut off guard about probably a lot of teams are cut off guard that the trade happened so early. I mean, I obviously was not expecting it to happen before the all star break. And then you look at okay, what they got in return. And we, we know that you know Jim Rutherford said they're not looking just to get picks back. But they wanted young players and players that are closer to the NHL or at the NHL level because they don't want this to be a rebuild that's going to take. Well, they don't want it to be even to be a rebuild. They want it to be a retool, and the only way you can retool is to get, you know, picks and assets that are more developed than others. So I thought they did well in that regard, and that they didn't just get a pick; they got three pieces and. It's funny because Patrick Alvin, the general manager, said it's almost like we got three first-round picks.
0: That's just Wait. that was such a loser comment. Like I was
1: Al- asking, no. like okay, to Ratu, I understand he's a, a the top prospect in the Islander system. He was a second-round pick, fifty-second or fifty-third overall.
0: Well, well, I mean, we like Lee fans treat Matthew Nice like a first first-round, first-round pick, pick, right? So like they may view Ratu as a similar level of prospect in Mm -hmm. terms of his value. So he could be valued similarly to a first round pick. I mean, I, again, I don't know enough about him to really give you a detailed outlook. I do remember there was a lot of hype about him in his draft year and then his stock fell and he, became a second round pick after being touted as like a top five selection potentially. Yeah. And then he rebuilt it back up last year and then is transitioning into the North American game this season. And he's got 12 points and like 30 games in the American league as a 20 year old. And then, like I said, a couple of goals in the NHL. So he's, he's had a sniff here, but um, I think they do view him. And he was uh, Scott Wheeler's number one ranked prospect in that Islander system. Granted, a system that was ranked I think twenty sixth or twenty seventh in the NHL, but still their number one prospect. Plus, they got the first round pick on top of it.
1: Yeah, like they they got quite a few pieces. Um, I'm th- the best case scenario for the Canucks as you kind of outlined is that the Islanders just miss out on the playoffs, and that and they don't get into that top twelve. Like, I mean, it's gonna it would be a miracle if they won the lottery just based on the odds that it would be because I, I I see the Islanders now putting themselves in that situation where, well, I don't think this trade alone gets them into the playoffs just based on what we've seen from them. It puts them in the right direction, but you know, if you're the Canucks, yeah, you're definitely hoping that this pick kind of, they kind of fall outside of the, out of the playoffs, but not deep enough that, it becomes that you know it. You, there's scenarios you want that to kind of work out for you. So, um, I I think the the thing I'm confused about with this trade is, mm-hmm. unlike let's say a Mark Stone, when Vegas did that deal, they got a chance to talk to Mark Stone and get a contract done. So they gave up, you know, a lot of pieces, but it also came with an eight-year extension with it. This comes with no guarantee that Bo Horvat's gonna stay there. Like Lulermo said, Yeah, we're gonna make it a priority to get that contract done, but Bo Horvat can just be like, Yeah, I kind of just wanna focus on the rest of the season and not talk about a contract. And we already know he's looking now more than the potentially eight times eight that I've heard. I think Ellie Friedman said like that's kind of the area he was at before the season. Now with the season he's having teams might get a little desperate and offer up the seven years. And, and because it's seven years, the AAV is going to go up.
0: Yeah, it's very possible. And and if you look at New York's cap structure, they, they don't really have a lot of money. I, I think I did look like they do have a little bit, now, uh, Varlamov's coming off the books. That's about $5 million. And then with the cap, maybe it's going up at least a million, but could be going up a little bit more. And then there's one other player that's coming off their books as well. Um, so they would have some money to bring back Bo Horvat, but it would put them right up against the cap again. And this is an aging core. Again, not even sure if this trade puts them in the playoffs this year, let alone if they miss out on the playoffs and then that pick slides to 2024, is an unprotected pick, and Bo doesn't resign, man, is that going to be something to follow? Because imagine the Islanders completely flame out, and that becomes a top 10, a top 5, a winning lottery pick for the Canucks next year. Then all of a sudden, this trade becomes an absolute home run. But um, as is, I, I think they did they did okay, all things considered. Could they have done better? Perhaps. I know that there was a lot of um, reports out there of like them being interested in, in Brandon Carlo if they were going to try and get something done in Boston. I know that they wanted Martin Nacash, but there was uh, they didn't. The Carolina Hurricanes didn't want to move off of him in any type of deal for Bo Horvat unless they were going to be able to extend him, which again they didn't for whatever reason. Allowed clubs to have that opportunity to talk to his agent. Yeah. So this was kind of the. The best deal that they were able to get for him and they pull the trigger and uh well we'll see how it goes again these types of deals with picks and prospects typically you can't uh you don't really know exactly how it's going to turn out for for a couple of years like i remember people thought that that horvat for cory schneider trade was awful at the time in vancouver and then all of a sudden Bo horvat turns into the player he did becomes their captain and Corey schneider dealt with injuries his whole career yeah. afterwards. And uh, obviously the Canucks came out on the winning end of that deal. Maybe the same could happen uh, here. And Ratu becomes, you know, a 50 to 60 point guy, good second line center. They uh, draft a, a solid player with that first round pick, which is probably likely to be a top of the f- end of the first round at the very least. And uh, maybe Bavillier even turns into a 20 to 25 goal scorer like he's supposed to, or they can flip him and get assets for that as well. I don't mind the deal. I I saw it sounds like uh, some people in Vancouver, I was reading some of the articles in The Athletic, and they felt that it was a little light. I didn't think so. I thought they actually got decent value, all things considered. Maybe they could have done better if they held out a little bit longer, but um, if they realized that Beau Horvat was not going to be coming back, um, you know, make this deal now, I guess, and kind of see what you have. And this also gives you about a month to try and build up Bovilliers, you know, Trade potential and maybe can flip them at the deadline to uh, another team.
1: I mean, more importantly, it speeds up the tank a little bit more uh, for Vancouver.
0: Kind of, kind of. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're losing out on 30-goal score and you're captain of Beau Horvat. You're bringing in a struggling goal scorer in uh, in Anthony Bavillier. I believe they're going to send Ratu down to uh, Abbotsford in their mm-hmm. American League to – you know, I think they got a good program going down there. I think they sent Pod Colson down there. They end up sending down a lot of their top prospects. They, they look at this season as kind of a, a blech year. We saw that happen with the Senators a few years ago, and like Drake Bathurst Norris and all those guys. They just won games in the American League, and then eventually they all graduated together. I imagine maybe Vancouver's trying to do uh, similar things out there with their American League program. Um, anyways, what I think is interesting, which we can get to on the other side, Side is there is a another report coming out from Farhan Balji of TSN of maybe one of their blue chip star players may also want to get out of Vancouver. I'll tell you who that is in just a moment and why Toronto should be interested in this player. But first. Let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors. It is the FanDuel Sportsbook app this year. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because of the number one sportsbook in North America. It's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download now the FanDuel app so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. Who's going to score a touchdown? They got it all. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So, join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of the um, Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morrisuti um we'll talk a little bit about uh practice um today uh or yesterday i suppose at the time everyone's listening to this just an optional skate a couple players decided to, to take the ice we'll tell you who that is and one um being uh most notable who also was awarded second star of the week we'll get to that in a moment But we'll continue quickly on this uh beau trade and kind of put a bow on things in vancouver because i saw a report that farhan lalji apparently said on on the van cast um that Demko might not want to hang around very much longer in Vancouver. Not a fan of the market, apparently, in Vancouver. And I mean, a top-tier goaltender like that, you gotta you gotta hope that Kyle's at least putting in a phone call here, no?
1: I mean, you you definitely, if you know Thatcher Demko is around and if he's expressed a desire to leave yeah, you got to make the call because we just had a conversation about Matt Murray kind of not being dependable. So if you're now – I mean, there's a couple of wrinkles. Okay. Demko's
0: currently hurt, so we're talking I mean, about dependability. A of wrinkles
1: with – I was just about to say one is Thatcher Demko's dealing with an injury himself. I believe Matt Murray still has his no-trade clause. So I don't know if Matt Murray is – would be willing to go to Vancouver because that would have to be something that would have to happen in return Probably. in order to get, most likely. And yeah, I mean, if I'm Vancouver, the, the, it's a tough situation because obviously at 27, Demko is in his prime and he understands that and he wants to you know win now. And he's also been thrown under the bus quite a bit this season in terms of not really having the support and good play in front of him. So I can see why he wants out. And I know that a lot of the talk about with the Canucks lately is identifying the core players that you want to move with. And then everything else kind of gets scorched earth. I think Elliot Friedman also noted that it's like Hughes, Pedersen, and I think the third Manko. was Rico. Yeah. We're the th- kind of the three, core guys and it's like hmm uh thatcher demko i guess not necessarily part of that core
0: apparently not apparently they don't want to have a stud number one goaltender as part of their core but um who's on a very good contract i might add as well like he's got three or four more years at at five million like it's it's just a really good contract for a number one goalie who uh who can steal you games um just go look, look up Bubble Demko on YouTube if you want to know what this guy's all about. Bubble Demko, and you'll see a guy who steals games in the way that Vasilevsky has stolen games in, in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe Toronto would have the assets to to make a move like that, unless they got real creative or moved on from a significant roster piece. Um, but if they could somehow find a way to bring in like Demko and, and Luke Shen in a package deal, oh, that would just be such a, such a win, a feather in the cap of old, old uh, Kyle Dubas there. But uh, again, I'm, I'm just not sure they have the assets to get something like that done. I mean, Nye's a first. They probably would also want. I know, I know that they want a young right shot defenseman. So you, you throw Lilligren in there as well, and then you got to put Murray's contract in there. Is that enough to get it done? I'm, I'm not i'm not sure i'm not uh well,
1: look at what they got for horvat right and that was a rental demco yeah. signed for you know how many more years after this i think three I, or four more years after three
0: this. i think three after this yeah yeah
1: so that's the other thing you have to look at here is they're not going to just part with demco because they don't have to yeah they, they, they can wait here's the issue too He's uh, this is this would probably be the worst time to trade that demco because His value isn't where it was, no, when he signed that deal. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're Leafs and if, let's say, Matt Murray is just not the option long term, then you revisit that potentially in the offseason because, yeah. Um, And also, if the Canucks do trade Demco before the deadline, or I think it would be a mistake because really it's just, it feels like more like we're just trying to clear as much cap space with these long-term contracts and they're doing the wrong contracts. In my opinion, they should be trying to get teams. I mean, I know they've had a hard time moving off of like deals like Tyler Myers. I mean, Connor Garland is probably another one, Like, forget about the Ekman Larson deal. That's untradeable at this point. Cause he also has a no movement clause, but I think he would waive it if it means just getting out of Vancouver. But
0: yeah, (laughs) I mean, like the the modern day Canucks are like the Brian Burke Maple Leafs, just a whole bunch of bad contracts with no movement and no trade clauses. And you can't do anything with these guys, just got to wait for the contracts to expire before they're going (laughs) to clear. The only one that's
1: probably movable and doesn't have no trade protection is Brock Besser.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, but even him, like that's, that's an expensive ticket. And there's not a lot of teams out there that can take on $6 million.
1: And like, am I am I not incorrect in that Vancouver had to retain salary in the Horvat trade? I thought I heard that
0: twenty five percent they retained twenty five percent. So and,
1: and they took on bovillier's contract, which isn't a cheap contract. So like that the landscape.
0: Yeah, hair over four million. Right. Like, ultimately, I f- I think it just like the salaries. I think evened out pretty much. I believe and because
1: New York you probably needs like. If you're making the move for Cor- Horvat, you're expe- you're expecting Yander to look to maybe make another move on top of that and they need the cap space. Right? They can't just, you know, willingly there's I don't think there's many teams that can willingly absorb the cap hit fully without any retention. Um like there aren't many teams just with cap space. It's even even teams you want to dump contracts to. There's not many that can do it. Yeah. And you're going to pay a premium because there aren't many teams that can do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see if Toronto can try and swing a deal. I know that last week when we did our, our, uh, our mailbag, there were a few people who did say like Luke Shen, what would you be willing to bring in Luke Shen? Heck yeah. I mean, the guy is leading the league in hits. He's a stand-up dude clue. There's ties here to Toronto. He's playing top four minutes right now. Um, not that I think he'd be a top four guy here, but he's someone who I think on a third pair brings a little bit of that, uh, that nastiness that this blue line lacks. Of course, I think that'd be a, a nice deal. So, uh, we'll see if, if any type of move can get done. I know that Kyle Dubas was in Vancouver for the, uh, CHL, um, all-star prospects game. Um, so did he have a chance to talk with Jim Rutherford or Patrick Galvin? I don't know, perhaps, but, uh, for now, and I think this is the first deal of trade season Horvat to the New York Islanders for a roster player, a prospect, and a
1: first-round pick. Sets the bar for rental at the market right now.
0: Kind of does. Kind of does. So we'll see what the next moves are. All right, Dave, we'll take one more quick break when we get back. A uh, really quick update of what we saw happen at practice today for the Leafs' uh, optional skill development day um and uh we'll do a really quick cosine no sign as well but first have a word from one of our show sponsors
1: yeah this is athletic greens it is a product that i've been using every day because you know i haven't you know at times you don't you think you're prioritizing health but there are definitely ways to do it in a more efficient manner and that's what ag1 is all about if you don't have the time really to find all the different supplements and have a proper program in place to making sure you're getting all the essential vitamins that you need. This is why you should look into a solution like AG one, because with one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things that I listed above now, You're also wondering how, how is AG one better than some of the other options out there? Well, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in that all-in-one nutritional insurance, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews. They're recommended by professional athletes, and they're trusted by leading health experts. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel pass your to purchase. Yes, I did say it was free because it is free. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. Are we, are we- Is this lagging again, Dave? Are we lagging?
1: Am I lagging to you?
0: No, no. Am I lagging for you? No, you're good. Okay, I think we're good now. I think we're good now. I've seen a lot of the comments on the YouTube about uh, the problem with my setup and the lagginess. Ultimately, I think I need to buy a new computer. I think that's what the problem is. I don't think my processor is... uh, it's up to par anymore. It's a it's a MacBook that's I don't know, it's not even that old. That's the it's it's not even that old. I got it what when we were at Centennial. These things are supposed to last you like 10 years, no? That's why you, you pay the big bucks for the Mac, but maybe it's time to uh to, to dabble into looking into a new uh, a new setup here. But anyways, um it's only when I like to try to look up things online. So, for example, well you were doing your ad read i was looking up statistics about what was uh, what i want to talk about in the next segment here um by the way welcome back into the locked on least podcast it's mike di stefano and dave morisuti um and the reason why i was doing that is because i i uh, you know there was some news today that william nylander was named the second star of the week in the nhl Uh, Four goals, three assists, seven points through three games this week, four games, four games this week. Um, And he was one of the six forwards that were out on the ice today for a optional skill development day out there, putting in some extra work, which is which is really nice to see, especially for, you know, a guy who's been playing as well as he has and seven games within the last 13 days, that's it's a lot of games. Could have took the day off, but I think it says something about him and, you know, how he's trying to really elevate his game. No days off type of mentality. Got to respect that out of uh, Bill Nye, the Rashad guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he's had to carry things offensively with Austin Matthews out, you know, they move and he got moved with John Tavares and you know, he was part of the catalyst that sparked the Leafs' comeback against the Islanders. Not too long ago. He, he, he's had a very impressive season, which is why I'm still sour about him not going to the all-star game. I'm sure he will appreciate the fact that he gets to have a vacation and not have to worry about, you know, partaking in, in the event. I mean, I'm sure he would have liked, he would have loved to have gone. Um, Yeah, no, he's he's definitely, I mean, I wasn't surprised that he was named the star for this week. It's also just when you look at how he's playing, when he's engaged at both ends of the ice, he is a far better player than if he's trying to cheat a bit offensively. I think that's something he has realized, and it's working out quite favorably for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it just means that he's more engaged in the game. Right, and and when he when Willie's more engaged in the entire rank, the full two hundred foot rank, uh, absolutely, you know that's when his games, um, you know, and that's when he's at is at the top of his game. That's so I I completely agree with that one. Uh with that, Dave, we're gonna play some cosine no sign, and my first one for you, uh, for those who haven't actually. Listen to us play this game before. If you're new to the podcast, the way that it works is we're going to say a statement to each other. And if we agree with the statement, we're going to co sign it. If we disagree, we're going to no sign it. So, first one for you, and it's on the topic of William Nylander. Um, William Nylander will finish the season as the Maple Leafs team MVP.
1: Team MVP. Yeah, I'll co sign that. Really? I think so. I mean, he doesn't get the, you know, what the All-Star, what I didn't like about the All-Star vote, it just shows that even in a good season, people still view him lower than Matthews and Marner. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, I mean, we don't know if that was for sure how the whole voting process shaked out because they didn't tell us how many votes Will and Nylander got in comparison to Tavares and Marner.
0: Really quickly. Is Bo Horvat still a Pacific representative at the all star game. I've or? been
1: wondering that <laughs> since straight happened. It's been asked. I don't think, I don't know if they can switch. Like, how are they gonna like? They have to fill it. I don't think, he, like, first off, he shouldn't be punished by being moved. So I think he'll still be on the Pacific. I just don't know how the, 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 they can't put Canucks jersey patches on him. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. The NHL is so pissed off with the Canucks and Islanders right now. They're just like, you couldn't wait until after the All-Star break. They do a trade freeze. If you're worried about that, do a yeah, trade freeze. They should have done a trade freeze just to avoid a situation like this. So, yeah, I would say he's playing for the Pacific because they, they can't just take someone off the Metro team.
0: Yeah. Anyways, back to Willie.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's lead, first off leading the team in goals. Matthews is not far behind, which I think is quite impressive considering how many games he has missed. He is tied with Mitch Marner for points. Um, He's doing it at even strength, which is also impressive. He leads the team far and away in even strength goals. So a lot of the science point, he's actually probably one of the better forwards at 5-on-5 production-wise. So that's why I think he's very much deserving of the team MVP. I don't know who else... I would put in front of Willie other than maybe Marner Matthews, but I've liked his season a lot better because, because of the consistency from the, you know, the start of season to now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you, it's just a a full game. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's top three in the league and in, in takeaways as well. Right. So it's like just the, the full roundedness of his game um there's an interesting statistic on hockey reference called uh point shares and you could equate it basically similarly to how baseball you know calls it WAR right wins above replacement this is point share so individual point shares that your personal like that you contribute to your team William Nylander currently leading all Maple Leafs with a 7.2 point share um the closest to him is what Matthews with 6.4. So I mean the the those numbers back it up, right? That he would be considered maybe the team's MVP. Mitch Marner's at 5.7. Like that's a considerable difference there between those guys. And if you want to look at the best defenseman, I mean, I'm, I' I think it's Riley with Riley at 2.9. No, Geo at 4.1 is, is considered the, the best blue liner. In terms of uh, point share, and then goaltending, it's not going to be as strong because they s- have split the crease. But Ilya Samsonov at four point four. But uh, yeah, if he could stay on this pace, and we don't really know exactly what's going on with Austin Matthews and that sprained knee, and how long he's going to be out for, and when he returns, is he going to be spry and is he going to get right back into things and and go on a tear? Not too sure. But I think if Willie, to your point if he could just continue to be as consistent as he's been all year, I mean, 59 points in 51 games. I mean, he's on pace to break all of his, um, you know, all of his personal highs in every single statistical category. So uh, I'm with you. I think that there's a chance that he could certainly become this team's MVP, especially if Matthews is going to be out um, because it was a minimum three weeks. If he's out for any longer than that, I think Willie has a chance to really solidify himself as like this year's MVPs. I mean, he's better than, than Marner's. I mean, he's better than, than uh, Matthews. No, I don't think that that's what that means, but it means that he had a better season. Um, and then we'll see if he can keep it going. If he does it three, four years in a row where he's better than those guys. Well, uh, now there's a conversation to be had, but um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, it's, it's fair to say that this year, like you could say that he, he could turn out to be this year's, Team MVP. All right, Dave, give me one for uh, one for you.
1: All right, uh, one for me. One of Alexander Kerfoot or Pierre Engvall gets dealt at the NHL trade deadline.
0: Oh, this is such a difficult question. So I talked about this on the launch recently. I don't think they move Engvall. Like I hope they don't move Pierre Ingval. <laughs> And I think for for obvious reasons, and I also heard um, Sheldon Keefe the other day said like the last dozen to fifteen games or so, Engel started to round out into into form of being that super um, effective third line player, a guy who can contribute a little bit here and there when it comes to scoring, but also he's just really good with a stick and you know brings that speed element and and whatnot. So I really like what what his game is has turned into this year. It's more reminiscent to what we saw last year where I became enamored with his play. He started to play with like that again. So I don't think he's going anywhere because I think they like that as on the third line. And I'm not sure they want to move away from that. Alex Kerfoot, though, is interesting because he's a guy whose role has been diminished quite a bit uh of late now in the last game he was moved back up to the second line but that's only because of the injury to um to austin matthews like when he comes back i think he's back down to the fourth line potentially um third line at best and if that's the case he's a guy who's kind of redundant on your team especially if you're looking to make an upgrade into the top six you might have to um, part with some money to do so in order to get a guy who, you know, belongs up there, who makes a little bit more money. And that's where you're going to get it from is a guy like Kerfoot who makes three and a half million and is a pending UFA just as uh to, to make the money work. Now he does have a limited, no trade. I think he's got a 10 or 12 team, no trade. So that he does have some protection when it comes to the trade market. But ultimately I think uh, the, the Maple Leafs will, I, I think if they make a top six addition it might come at the expense of of an alex kerfoot so i i'm
1: i'm going to co-sign it
0: i think i'm gonna do it
1: i i do see your i do see why trading um kerfoot makes more sense i i just think that he's someone that i haven't been impressed with this season i understand he's been moved around the lineup why
0: the hell's kerfoot done
1: i mean that's the thing right like i understand that when you got when you move around so much and you don't really have a defined role, it's tough to be to produce. But the thing is, he's been given opportunities in the top six. He hasn't really produced. He's been like at one point he was the fourth line center, like he wasn't even considered the third line center when uh, Matthews was in. They put Holmberg down and he was the fourth line center. I that to me screams they don't know what to really do with him. And I, I think you're better off trying if like you need to make the money work. He's the guy you need an upgrade on. $3.5 million. I think you can find something better in the trade market. Now, how much it's going to cost? I don't know. But I, I still think like if you're going to try to add pieces and you might look for something in that top six, which I think is more likely the area that I think they need to address, you're gonna to have to make the money work, and his contract just seems like the easy go-to move to move right now.
0: Yeah, also forty percent in the face-off circle terrible this year. So he's not someone you necessarily want at center either.
1: He's so. only had one season in his career where he's been above 50%. He's not yeah. really been known as a face-off guy, which is oh, why
0: I've always liked him better on the wing, anyways. Like,
1: yeah, he no doesn't way. have he doesn't have the size really to like the size doesn't win face off. So it's like, I don't know what exactly. And he's not exactly a plus in the takeaways, a part takeaways, giveaway department. So that's another thing I always say is kind of an area that I feel like he could do better at. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: David, uh, last one for you quickly, similar question, but we're looking at the blue line this time. One of Timothy Lilligren or Rasmus Sandin will be dealt at the deadline to upgrade the blue line.
1: Uh, I'm going to no sign this one. I think Sheldon Keefe has been adamant on keeping these two guys around. First off, I don't think Timothy Lilligren should be traded at all unless you're getting like an elite player back. Like Dr. Demko. Yeah, like if you're first off, I, I just don't see a defenseman out there worth trading Timothy Lilligren for because I'm not just thinking of this season, I'm thinking of next season too, right? You wouldn't trade Lilligren for Chickren? I would trade Rasmus Sandin for Chickren. You wouldn't trade
0: Lilligren for Chickren
1: if you can keep Timothy Lilligran and move Rasmus Sandin instead. Yeah, but
0: if they said to you, "We don't want Sandine, we want Lilligren, you'd say, "No, thanks." Uh, it's oh, not come on, man. I
1: always say get yes.
0: Goggles off. Get the goggles off. And I'm a big Lily guy. I, I think Lily's a good number four defenseman, but like Chikrin's a two-three.
1: He is. My question here now becomes: Who takes a little like that Lilligren spot on the right side? You expecting Chikrin to do that? Chickering can play the right side. He's done it multiple times. I, so I have no. Deep. I have no problem if that's the trade you're going to make because yeah, Chickering is an upgrade. Actually, Connor Timmons. You can that you can make that work. I would say that if if I had my preference, I would rather move Sandine if that was the case. Just because I don't see as like uh, as soon as Giordano decides. He's done. That's gonna be a major roadblock for Rasmus Sandine to get into the top six and have a sustained role higher up in the lineup because Morgan Riley's not going anywhere, Jordano's not going over until the end of his deal, and they're clearly not gonna put Giordano in a lower role for Sandine. That's why I think Sandine makes the most sense just because there's a bigger need to have Lilligren. But obviously, yeah, if Chickren is the guy that you're trading. Liligrin for, I just don't even know if that's going to be enough. Like, like Arizona going to ask for a lot.
0: Oh, you'd have to add on top of that for yeah. sure. Like, it's not a one for one. Absolutely not. You're no, adding on top of that. No. But I was just saying you wouldn't put Lily in that deal. You would say no. It's got to be Rasmus. Like I he's was untouchable to you.
1: No, Lilligren's not untouchable for me. You just my concern too is Chikarin's durability has been questioned. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been good since he's returned. I get a little worried about you know what happens when you know you don't have chicken and then you don't really have that protection behind him when you when you trade Lilligren for him.
0: Right. Well so are you, so you no signed it but it almost sounded like you talked yourself into co signing I will co
1: sign it only I would only trade Lily Grin if you're getting a clear cut upgrade for long term for a chicken type player. But because I but he's the only defenseman I could see being the guy that they would trade for.
0: So are you co signing or no signing that one of them will be dealt for an upgrade? I will co sign in. Like you think it's gonna happen, though.
1: I just don't so I don't think it's gonna happen. Okay. So the question is, do I think it's gonna happen? I'm gonna no sign. I don't. Well, that's think... just
0: the right. One of these two will be dealt. I to still upgrade the blue line, so it is an upgrade. Like no matter mm-hmm. the way we're looking at it, again, player X. Just imagine him as an upgrade.
1: I'm gonna no okay. sign because I just don't think that's gonna be the priority. through okay. the blue line.
0: Okay, gotcha. gotcha. That's why. And I think that's 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 probably the way that. Uh, they're going to go like I, I think the blue line we saw in Washington is most likely like that's the six-man unit that that's going to give this team the best chance to to win hockey games right Morgan Riley with T.J. Brody Mark Giordano and Justin Hall they have played well together this season and then Sandy and Lilligren on the third pair have been one of the better defensemen, uh, defensive pairs in the entire National Hockey League I think it's like a dozen games in a row that Lilligren has been on the ice at five and five without allowing a single goal. Like he's been spectacular and that's playing um, top pair of minutes, second pair and third pair of minutes. Like he's been in the last 12 games. He's been all over the place. Didn't matter who the hell was his defensive partner. That's just steady Eddie play right there. That, that That's, that's even a big compliment in itself. So um, yeah, I, 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 I would tend to agree with you. I don't think that they're going to do it, but uh, if they did upgrade the blue line, I would imagine one of those two, and I'm with you. I'd prefer it if it were Sandine, will be included in the package to get it done, though. Yeah. All right, buddy. Fun chat. Fun chat today. We'll have a lot more of these chats because we got uh, we got one more game between now and February 10th, and then we got a whole bunch of time to kill to think. How can this team upgrade? What's going to be going on as the deadline approaches? We'll put together our trade boards. Oh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for, uh, for the bye week for the players, but not for you and I. You and I are here for the people, for you guys, with content each and every day. Uh, we'll be back with another show tomorrow. It's a big game, teeing up. Leafs and Bruins down at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, but that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. And to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcast on all podcasts and platforms, including on YouTube, where we would appreciate if you would like and subscribe. Um, hit the notification bell and uh, leave a comment down below as well. If you like, you can answer our cosign no signs. Is Nylander going to be the MVP? Are they going to make a trade of one of Kerfoot or Engvall? What about Lilligren or Sandine? What do you guys think about those ones there? Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Like I said, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow for you guys. But until then, keep locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.